0: Hi, this is Steve Bessette. I'm the guy that used to draw Swamp Thing for DC Comics. You know, now that all the drive-in theaters have been torn down, there's only two things to do on Saturday. Either stay in bed or listen to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. And on the best of all Saturdays, you can do both. Tune in. We will begin in massive space. Tell your people to surrender now, and avoid war.
1: Don't think you get me so easily!
0: It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's
2: your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess, that we will give
0: you witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. By by Saturday night. I had the same issue in the beginning of this show that Zombrarian had last week. Uh-oh. <laughs> and as, as I'm getting ready to do the intro, I click the unmute button, and I see the beautiful swirling beach ball, and I go, shit. I didn't say gonna... shit. I
3: said, I... I'm hitting the button! Uh-oh. I'm hitting
0: my butt. Well, I said shit. And it's dramatic. It, beach, beach ball. Of me. I know. And I'm going to continue to as well.
4: Hey, Dylan, Hello. what are we listening to?
0: Hello, <laughs> Crab Nebula Rangoons, and welcome <laughs> to Podcast 240, another attempt to fill your mind with what passes for nonsensical science fiction. Deep in Area 51 on the sub level 664 Pangalactic G Masters and Johnson Certified Cooking School, Ooh. I'm the man without a genome. Known as the Dome, joining the talk cast tonight. The last time we're going to have a full cast until the next full cast is a cast of full people. In the Revere Time Vortex, our violent soundboard vixen, Contessa of Sparkles and Stuff, vice princess of Frederick. It's our own girl genius, Kriana.
1: This week, I learned about antiheroes and how they're way cooler than regular heroes. <laughs>
0: From the stacks in her personal calm space in the dank dungeons, only indoor Zen garden and get and vegetable patch, which doubles as the robot reading room. Tonight, playing Cat Herder because cats, the Zombrarian.
3: Now I don't have anything funny to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on time
0: Yay <laughs> Yay! Congratulations Kind of Yay From well, the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire Our lovely Ginger Angenue The woman we've all come to know and love Is the Queen of the Angora Sweater In a pin-up series for Girl Ghouls of Famous Monsters of Filmland In her swan song appearance tonight It's the Dead Redhead
4: so, Masters and Johnson are cooking. Does that mean they're cooking up some love?
0: They're, they're cooking up something, and, and <laughs> Lord knows. <laughs> I did that because I, I'm guessing X may still be in the room, and I expected to hear the giggle, to be honest with you. <laughs> you started good
4: tonight.
0: So tonight we were going to have three guests. We may only have two, in which case we'll be doing other things. Uh, with the guests, and if you've ever, oh <laughs> <laughs>
2: this just got video. real, people. Hey, should I sign a release or something? <laughs> you <laughs> haven't
0: already.
4: Crap, what?
2: dome.
0: I'm, I'm I'm thinking that the hand sanitizer may have been enough. Uh,
4: okay.
0: Oh. Our Boston Comic Con is coming to fruition, and at this point. We've been talking over the past couple of weeks.
1: That just sounded dirty.
0: Thank you. <laughs> with people in events uh, who you, we want you to seek out because there's something different, something uh, really spontaneous about what it is they're doing. Tonight, uh, Erica Schultz and Jenny Woods join us. Hello. Thank you for having us. Hey, thanks us. for having me. Uh, it's kind of cool because they're two female artists doing completely different things oh my god and, are they women really they're women i swear to god if this was a video podcast never mind <laughs> yeah,
2: no 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 wow i am wearing pants
4: though <laughs> <laughs> damn it <laughs> oh
2: man there goes sorry
0: the so that pg sorry rate, to disappoint you
4: darn yeah.
0: it it's okay so, uh, our third guest was supposed to be Jeff Vandermeer, who wrote The Kosher Guide to Imaginary Animals, and works at the Shared Worlds Teen Sci-Fi Fantasy Writing Camp, which is kind of cool, and hopefully he will uh, magically appear shortly, uh, if not, like I said, we will do other things with the guests. So, oh. at-
1: <laughs> you've, you've never played oh, uh podcast God. with you.
2: Ah no creepier than you
1: need to be dome.
2: <laughs> with no no video we're gonna play podcast twister. Alright. Exactly. Right. Nobody else gets to play in the fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so with uh, as little further ado as possible, the guests.
1: I
2: guess. <laughs> Donna, you're <laughs> Oh, Are there going to be prompts for questions?
1: <laughs> or can we just talk, you could know, <laughs> know, just talk in a random way. You know.
0: Pretty much we're going to just randomly talk about it. So uh, why don't we start with Erica Schultz. Erica Schultz who has done... Because uh, we
1: can't actually refer to people by anything other than their first and also last name. Well, we could.
2: Then it might be confusing. You with can just the- call me Erica, because I think I don't know if there's another Erica on the, on the podcast. <laughs>
1: right the second, there is not. <laughs> as far as I know, I, I could be wrong. Well, you may in fact be wrong. I'm just running the show here, but I could be wrong. So Erica has wrote the, written the,
0: wrote the graphic novel. Oh, shoot me now. Written the graphic novel M3 uh, and worked uh, with... Vincente Alcazar yes. who did the, the actual graphics for it. And it's been around for an awfully long time. No, I wouldn't best- say
2: awfully long time, but it's been around since um, when we first came up with M3. It was um, early 2009. And um, when we had finished the first issue, it was 2010. That's when we shopped it around to uh... different indie publishers creator and publishers and um, we didn't get very much of a response for it uh... so we decided to do it on our own so our first issue i, I would say two thousand ten all we did was shop it around and we didn't really do anything much else with it but then um... two thousand eleven uh... new york comic-con we debuted with issues one through three and uh... that was a pretty big deal for us and um as I speak, I'm actually uh, lettering issue number eleven.
0: <laughs> wow! So, nice.
2: So yeah, we've we've come a pretty long way.
0: So describe, if you can, for the audience who may not have seen M3, what it's about.
2: Uh, it is a crime thriller. It's very much in the same vein of uh, Born Identity, uh, Tom Clancy kind of uh, kind of idea. It's about a female assassin and the FBI agent tracking her and uh the main character's name is uh machiavella maria marcona and so her initials are three m's and uh that's where the uh the title of the book comes from
4: if you want a real something to real have
2: fun with ask dome to repeat that for you now
0: (laughs) (laughs) not gonna happen well (laughs) I, i mean
2: usually when i say it i'll say it like with like how someone who is Italian would pronounce it, it's Machiavella Maria Marcona and people look at me like I'm crazy so I just I'm saying it more anglicized because I don't want you know but you know there's no video so I could have said it and you guys can't if you you could look at your monitors like I'm crazy well
0: and we won't
2: we are anyway so there you go so you know
0: where did the idea for this uh, series come from
2: um well I was a very big fan of Tom Clancy growing up um My dad, basically if Tom Clancy wrote it, my dad read it. And I think the first actual uh, real novel that I ever actually read was Red Storm Rising, which I believe is the first in the Jack Ryan series. I'm not entirely sure. Um, But I always really liked the intrigue, the sort of uh, cat and mouse back and forth. Um, And I've always liked that genre. Um, And so... When you know I had written stories left and right, and when I thought to myself, "Okay, maybe I could write a comic," I figured this would probably be the most viable to launch with uh, to launch myself as a comic book writer. Uh, simply because you know there's so many supernatural comic books and horror comic books and all different kinds of comics all over the place that I figured you know this is the genre that I'm very comfortable in. So it's something that I can sort of put my best foot forward does that make if that makes any sense mm-hmm.
0: so I'm guessing no zombies
2: no there's no zombies <laughs> um, there's no there's no Dracula there's no resurrection um she is an assassin, she kills people, and when she kills people, they die, and they're not coming back um i I actually was talking to somebody at a convention once, and they're like, "Well, I mean." maybe they'll come back. I'm like, no, if if you see her kill somebody. Yeah. They're not, they're not coming back. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. If you really liked that extra, then, you know, don't, don't, don't fall in love with anybody. I mean, that's kind of as, as I finished writing the uh, last issue, I finished writing issue number 12 about five or six weeks ago and I'm not going to give anything away, but, I'm just gonna say, don't fall in love with anybody.
0: You're killing them off left and right, aren't you?
2: Well, you know, it's <laughs> it's an assassin comic. You know who's
0: exactly that's what happens.
2: Every you know, nobody's sacred. Um, there's there's a there's a saying in writing. You know, you gotta be willing to quote unquote kill your darlings. You know, so just don't fall in love with any one character because you never know what might happen to him or her. It happens, in, it happens in mainstream comic books all the time. I mean, you know. Yeah, but in mainstream comic books, they keep bringing them back. Well, they find ways to bring that's,
4: them back all the time. That's what time. makes it that much more, you get that much more attached when, you're with, when you like somebody and you know that there's a potential that they actually may not come back. Yeah, because yeah. after a while you get sick of oh they're dead no they're back
2: oh they're dead no they're back and well I know everybody was you know when they had announced the three months to live for Wolverine everybody was you know so upset oh, you're gonna kill Wolverine blah 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 Wolverine's died before everybody's yes, died before. Yep. <laughs> <Many times. laughs> everybody's died before and 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 this is in mainstream comics. Uh, they they reboot characters and they take them and they you know and that's just that's just how it is and it's it's not right or wrong it's just you know the way it happens to be um, so I'm pretty sure we're gonna see Wolverine sometime soon again you know don't don't worry people it, he will be coming back you know
0: so let's talk a little bit about your uh, partnership in this project with Vicente mm-hmm. Alcazar how did that come about.
2: Um, I work at a studio, I guess my day job is at a studio in New York and, um, Vicente actually used to work at that studio, you know, many, many years ago. So when he left New York and went back to Spain, which is where he's originally from, um, whenever he comes into New York to visit friends, he always sort of uses our studio as like a home base. Then um, he was in town, I believe it was late two thousand it was it was early two thousand nine early mid two thousand and nine he was in town and uh he was doing a a one shot for d c comics because he had originally done jonah hex for d c mm-hmm. for many years so oh. he, was, he was doing a one shot for d c comics and you know he was using our studio as a base and i was watching him work one day, and it was just, I mean, his process is phenomenal. It's a very classic process, and um, his work is gorgeous. And one of the other artists at the studio, who is a former teacher at the Kubert School, uh, was commenting, saying, You know, you see this technique that he's using, this particular brush technique. We don't even teach that anymore because of the degree of difficulty. It takes years to master. And I was just very impressed by his work. Um, and I made a comment about, you know, if I ever, if I ever, you know, sit down and get, you know, I don't mean to be cross, but I I think I said something like, if I ever get my head out of my ass and write my comic book, I'll have you draw it. And, you know, and he, you know, it's one of those things that people just sort of say and, you know, laugh off. Um, but I had actually written the first script, uh, I had written at least one, if not two scripts for M3. So I had brought in the script a few days later and I had given it to him and he said thank you and he took it and he put it in his bag and he went back to drawing and a couple of days went by and I was you know, bursting at the seams to find out if he'd even read it and uh, he came up to me, it was on a Friday, and he puts the script face down on my desk and I thought to myself, oh God, he's, he, you know, he's going to tell me this was the worst thing he's ever read and he said to me, he says, I loved it, I want to do this, let's do this together Wow. And it was just, it, I mean, it was a moment. I, I tell people, I, I don't, I think I might have fallen out of my chair out of complete <laughs> shock um, because someone of his talent, of his caliber, you know, taking a chance on a no name, you know, it really, it, I was so blessed that he um, wanted to be a part of this journey and that he really endorsed it. So.
0: Now, you've, you've worked in comics for, for a long time as well.
2: Um, I, I've worked in comics since the since 2008. I uh, started at the studio that I'm currently at as uh, a Photoshop artist and um, an animator. Um, the job I was originally brought in for was we were working on the Astonishing X Men Motion Comic for Marvel. It they had done motion comics for. Uh, the Astonishing X-Men, I believe there were four of them. We did the first one. Uh, the, the story arc was called Gifted, and it was a story written by Joss Whedon and drawn by John Cassidy, yeah. Um, and it was originally, I'm trying to think, I'm actually looking at my production book right now. Um, originally, it was first printed in 2004, and we were doing the motion comic at the end of 2008, early 2009. Uh, so that's when I was first brought in to the studio that I'm at now. And, um, while I've been there, the artist that I work for also does comic books. And so I've done work on the books that he's worked on certain things for, um, Blood for Dark Horse Presents. He did a series called Batman Odyssey for DC that I helped, um, I did the coordinating on that. I did some ink assists, some color assists, um, blood. I did all the lettering for blood for dark horse presents. He's working on another project that I don't think we can talk about. Um, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, I've worked in comics since two, since the end of 2008 and my capacity has sort of grown from, you know, just Photoshop do- digital artist to now doing some inks some doing colors, doing the animation, um, and really seeing the process basically from production to getting the book out. And uh, I learned a lot from there. And I sort of took that, you know, the, what I had learned and on my own, you know, my own process and sort of molding that into what works for me. You know, the process for a whole studio doesn't necessarily work for an individual. So uh, I sort of used that as my basis to sort of find my own um, find my own workflow.
0: Where, where did this start? Where did this come from? Inside? Where did
2: M3 or? No, no, no,
0: no, no. The whole, the whole, you know, comic book thing, the whole, where Um, where did that happen?
2: I, I've always loved comics and I have an older brother and he used to get comics from the shops and I would just sort of, you know, whenever he would be finished with a book, I would, you know, sneak into his room and steal it and start reading, um comics to me are just another form of storytelling Mm -hmm. and I just think I love storytelling I love people um taking me on an adventure whether it is a you know whether we're going on a sci-fi adventure or something fantasy based or something realistic I just I really love the art of storytelling um and I've always I've always you know been a writer I've always been an artist you know I took I didn't go to art school but I took art all through high school and and uh, I've always loved to write and my mother you know for a time was an illustrator so I I like telling stories and whether that's through images or words or poetry or prose or whatever um, I just I really love that that art of telling stories and sharing stories with other people—it's
0: a really, really interesting series. Thank you. Uh, no, you're very welcome. And the artwork is is just kind of you know the artwork is stunning.
2: Yeah, he's I I couldn't do better than Vicente. Um, I really, you know, I I've been so incredibly lucky and so incredibly blessed that. Not only did he want to work on the project, but that he was, he was as passionate about the project as I was, you know, um, he, when he had left New York and gone back to Spain, I kind of thought to myself, oh, well, you know, I'll never, I'll never really see anything, you know, pages or anything. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later I get an email, oh, here's, you know, pages one through three and, you know, my mind was blown. Um, as a writer, to watch words that you've written become images that someone else interprets and now that, that interpretation is so on point to what is coming out of your head is really just such an amazing, amazing feeling. And every page I get from him is, is gorgeous. Every page I get from him is gold. And even if, you know... Even if he, you know, does something where he kind of uh, fudges where somebody's supposed to go, you know, I, being a digital artist and a Photoshop artist myself, a lot of times I can just turn around and, you know, make a quick change to something and, you know, not have to bother him with it. This way he continues on the flow that he's, you know, that he's the process that he's in, you know.
0: So you're going to be at Boston for all three days.
2: Yes, it's. I believe it's a Friday to Sunday convention. It
0: is. It absolutely is. It is. And then from there, you're going to the Garden State Festival. I think two weeks later.
2: Yeah, it's the end of August Garden State. Yeah.
0: And then Baltimore the week after that. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna and I'm going to San Diego in you know three. I'm leaving for San Diego on Wednesday, so.
0: Oh, good lord. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Bit of a whirlwind.
4: It's and that's a- one more question for you. I always, it's so interesting to me now, as a writer, are you the kind of writer who says, you know, from the Ellen Moore school of every tiny detail is three pages long explaining everything? Or are you just kind of like, and this is kind of what I think it should look like to go with
2: what I'm saying. Um, when we started this, I had sense of Vicente, you know, you obviously have way more experience in this than I do. Um so if i write on a page five panels and you can convey what i'm looking for in fewer go for it if you need more go for it yes. and and i i really i want him to be able to contri- contribute i don't i don't want to dictate to him you know, what panels, you know, I'll say, this is what I want I wanna to, I want to convey through this page. Um, you know, sometimes I'll write, you know, three or four panels on a page and he'll give me a splash page that will still um, convey the same information. And that's basically what it's just about. It's about getting the information across. Exactly. So, Very nice. Thank you. Yeah.
0: We will see you at Boston. Thank you for joining us, Erica.
2: Thank uh, you so much for having me.
0: It was, it was really, really cool getting to meet you, at least virtually. And we'll, <laughs> see, we'll see you in a couple of weeks.
2: Great. Thank you so very much.
0: You're <laughs> welcome. Next up, uh, Jenny Wood. Jenny is the creator of <clears throat> a graphic novel called Flutter. Flutter has been called one of the best LGBT graphic novels ever. Jenny, welcome to the show.
5: Thank you, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's a thrill, absolutely. Now, Flutter has been out for a while.
5: Since last year, March of 2013, and we're currently working on volume two, uh, and the plan is to get that out next
2: year.
0: So talk a little bit about Flutter and I mean, I, I gave a very cursory overview of what it is.
5: Well, Flutter is about a girl who shapes us into a boy to get the girl, and the chaos that comes from pretending to be someone she's not. And it's about her journey. Uh, you know, she learns that uh, there are just uh, different difficulties to being a boy. Uh, that you know, she still has. Life isn't uh, this great thing as a guy. She still runs into some obstacles, different obstacles than as a girl, and it's about um, you know her journey back to herself, embracing who she is.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how you got there. What, what how brought? I got
5: to,
0: yeah, what brought what, you uh, to you this book? Clutter?
5: Yeah. Um, well. I grew up in a small town in North Carolina and I struggled to come out. It was a small conservative town um, and I was surrounded by guys, by boy cousins that's who I'd spent all my time with and I got it in my head that life would be easier as them. I used to work at a movie theater on the weekends and after school and they, my cousins would bring dates, they'd bring girls into the movie theater and and I just was like my life would be so much easier if I were them because I could bring a girl to the movie theater and you know the whole town wouldn't be in an uproar over it. So that's where the root of that story came from and then when I sat down to start writing about a girl who shapeshifts into a boy to get the girl, I I first started writing it in the form of prose as a short story or a novel, but it was really too static. I, it, wasn't happy, it wasn't happening for me. And then I would try to do it as a screenplay or teleplay, and I couldn't get my brain around the bad special effects. Like, I would just see these
1: really bad <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> And I'm
5: like, no! And at the time, I, I kind of, I grew up reading comics, but kind of in, in high school, I, I got away from that, and I got back into it with, just a range of graphic novels, from Blankets to Why the Last Man to Fun Home, and I realized you can do anything. And it's like kind of I, it's kind of like I re-realized that I could do anything in comics, and that's when I started playing around with Flutter as a comic, and I started writing a script, and it just all fell into place for me.
0: So, talk a little bit about the art and putting the art together with it and what your process is in doing this.
5: Well, the artist for Flutter is Jeff McComsey and we met through a mutual friend who just thought Jeff would be a great match and he was. I tried working with a couple other artists. Before, Jeff is in Pennsylvania. I'm in Boston, so we work long distance. Uh, I wanted at first to work with a local artist. I had this image in my head that we'd meet in a bar and, and, you know, talk about it, and I'd write the script, and then the artist would do the art, and then we'd meet a week later, stuff like that. Um, but Jeff just was a perfect fit. I He not only wanted to see the script, but he wanted to see all the character bios that I did for all the characters, which were just, you know, it's, it's these detailed character bios of, like, what's in the character's refrigerator, like stuff that, you know, most yeah. artists... I, I was just—I'll never know if he read every single page. I hope he didn't, but um, he wanted to see all the notes, all the biographies, everything. And it was the kind of thing that he just created the exact world I had in my head. Um, and if he, uh, you know, went somewhere else off the script, which I always uh, welcomed him to do, it was even better than what I had in my head. Uh, and as we were working on Volume One, I would be, you know, working on the, the later chapters like eleven thirty on a Saturday night, which was weird for me because I would usually be out. And I'd get an email from him at that exact time with pages of earlier chapters, and it just was this great working relationship.
0: So how long? Um, Flutter came out in twenty thirteen. Yes. How was it accepted?
5: Uh, The response was overwhelmingly positive. Uh, I was really surprised because I got a lot of great feedback and great reviews really early on. Uh, Going to comic conventions is great. It's a wide demographic that's really interested in Flutter. Uh, The best review I ever got was... uh, Like a 16-year-old boy in a Rise Against t-shirt said to me after he asked what it was about, and I told him, he's like, that sounds like it doesn't suck. (laughs) That made me very happy.
3: Having worked with teenagers, I can confirm that that is possibly the highest compliment I've ever heard anyone has gotten from a teenager. (laughs)
5: yeah i that would that's a highlight I mean it's just i just yes, it doesn't get better than that.
1: I think we lost the dome here. I don't know what's going on.
4: Jenny, why don't you tell us a little more, so you went through um, Volume 1 and you're working on Volume 2 at this point? or? I finished the script for Volume 2 a couple months ago,
5: and Jeff has a preview that I'm taking with me next week to San Diego Comic Con. I'll have it for Boston Comic Con. And uh, we'll have the full volume out next year, it's going to be 100 pages, full color. And it's got a full story arc, so uh, he's going to spend the next several months finishing the art for that. Did we get the dome back? We we have not.
4: Oh. Tell Can you tell us a little more about what's going on? We you gave us the gist of the the plot, if you will, of what's going on with Flutter, but is it just the day-to-day issues with those characters or can you tell us a little more without giving too much away? Yeah, it's,
5: you definitely get Lily's the title character and she shapes it into the boy Jesse and you get her day-to-day life as this guy in a new school and how he's treated differently than she is. He's the new guy, she's usually the new girl, she and her father are on the run and uh, so she's used to being the new girl, and she's used to be, being teased and bullied. Well, as Jesse, the boy she shapes in, into, she's, she's very popular. She's, uh, you know, girls are into him. Guys you know, are, are totally wanting to be his friend. He tries out for the basketball team. He helps lead the basketball team to the state championship, all of this stuff. There's also a, a larger story going on of why they're on the run, uh, of why she can shapeshift. shift. There's some environmental issues, which ties into why she can shapeshift. I don't want to give too much away for people that want to read it. Uh, but there there's a, a larger story of who's chasing them and why, and that ties into why
4: she can shapeshift, too. And I'm going to guess that not everything about being a guy is perfect.
5: Right, yes. <laughs> and
4: she learns
5: that, and that's, I think, key that... Uh, you know, she learns that, you know, guys have problems too. They're different problems, but, but problems nonetheless.
1: I think we can all agree that men have problems. (laughs)
4: Uh, Yeah. Dome's having one right now.
1: I can hear Zombrian muted, like, dying in the other room.
4: I am, I
3: cackled.
1: (laughs) You did. Zombrian, because I think I missed coming out day this year. I have something very important to tell you. What's that? I might be gay. (gasps) I know. Shocking. I I might be sorry Sorry. what (gasps) I don't think we can get married now I
4: know how could you keep this from
1: me depends on what state you're in
4: there you go they're in Massachusetts
1: now well I'm just saying how could you keep this from me for so long 10 years 10 years we've been sleeping together and I never once knew you were gay
2: that was awkward Well, I'm. I just went to look up Flutter because it sounds amazing, and I just went to the two one five website to check it out. I'm definitely going to have to get this. And yes, our listeners you know. will be able I to think
4: get there. Selling about. several of them, Jenny. The links, Jenny. Let me ask you this: Have you? Has anybody come to ask you about this whole thing going on right now in the Archie universe? No, no
5: they have not. Or Thor. Probably- <laughs> Probably in San Diego or Boston,
4: one of the conventions coming up, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll come up. Do you have any thoughts of of the way they're doing this, or? I don't. Do you guys? I think it's a pretty amazing way for Archie to go out.
1: I still don't get the whole Archie thing and why it's popular. I I just (laughs) do not get it.
2: What I don't get is why is Archie going to die? Because he's he's defending his friend the, I, I i don't know the names of the characters but uh, but i do believe that the idea is that archie's friend who happens to be gay archie's defending his friend and his it's yep. his and archie gets shot because i guess this somebody's going to shoot his friend but he defends him and like I didn't know, know that archie
3: or, was that violent and dark
4: well also
1: yeah
4: this is like the if you know about Marvel and you know that X help me out here. What's the alternative Marvel? Icon. No, well, Vertigo. No. Oh, no, that's DC. That's
2: DC. <laughs> the other Marvel when
4: they. Start I reading- I will say
2: I only know that because <laughs> I just like looked ultimate, into getting the every single in Marvel. Oh, the Ultimate Universe.
4: Right. There's the Ultimates and it's okay. a little different. And with Archie, this is a. A kind of spinoff from Archie where he did get older and things like what would have happened if he had married Veronica, if he had married Betty, if he had gone on and and become an adult and had responsibilities and things like that. So so
3: so this this isn't the ones you get in the line at the grocery store
1: where it's like Archie loves Veronica.
4: it's, It's under the same umbrella, but it's a little bit different. I still don't get it.
2: No. Well, it's. I think when Archie first came out, I think it was it was a very different time, and I think yes. the, you know, the whole idea of you know your your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you're going steady that was very it was very Americana back yes. then, Absolutely. and I think for a very long time they sort of kept that, but society changed, and you know, kids changed, and people weren't. Weren't really up for that anymore, so I guess they modernized. I think it's I think it's great that they put in yes um, a gay character. I think it's great that they're putting in that they're taking it to uh, a more real place. Um, Jenny, I just I just read the um, the write up on Flutter, and it sounds fantastic. Um, congratulations on your success with it, and, and it sounds like a great book. I'm definitely going to pick it up. Thank you. I was I think uh, we've, funny. we've I was
5: looking at your book, Erica,
2: while you were talking and just <laughs> uh,
5: I'll find you next week at San Diego and maybe we can trade uh, copies or something.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll be around. Um if if I if I don't get fired, I should be on the, the Women of Marvel panel on Sunday. So <laughs> I'll
1: see you There's more time. than one?
2: what yeah, exactly and and it's and 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 I don't think Kelly C. DeConnick or, or Catherine Eminen are gonna be on the panel so yes there's there is actually more than one woman
1: in Marvel <laughs> mind blown
2: <laughs> well I mean there's actually there's a lot um, there's Sarah Pacelli and Jordi Belair and um, Willa w- Wilson and you know it's just a matter of you know I think it when it comes to women in comics it's kind of this idea of you know yeah, there's there are a lot of women in comics, but who's the who's the most um, vocal and most visual in terms of who's at all the the on all the women of comics panels, who's at all the conventions and things like that. So Amanda Connor. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, no, I mean, uh, women. I mean, there there was a woman who ran DC Comics for a really long time yeah. in the '70s. Her name is Jeanette Kahn. You know, it. I think women have been in comics for a really long time, but. I think people just, my whole thing is that if your name isn't the first or the second name on the book, on the cover of the book, people really don't think that you exist. You know, there women have been in editorial for a really long time, women have been in the bullpen for a really long time, but um, if your name isn't on that front cover, People just are like, what? There's no women in comics. There's plenty of us. We're just not as vocal as we should be. And yes, there should obviously be more um, because there is a huge disparaging number between men and women in terms of the industry. But I mean, I worked in advertising for many, many years and I can say that in advertising, you know, an advertising creative, there was a huge disparaging um, different. You know, there's a huge difference between how many Male copywriters they were versus female or male art directors versus female. So I mean, oh my god, were you a Peggy? Was I Peggy?
0: (laughs) 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 Don't go there, please.
2: I don't watch Mad Men, so so I you're fine.
0: Trust me on this. I
2: was, I was a I was an art director and a copywriter at an ad agency in New York for about eight years. So I I don't watch Mad Men, so I I don't get the reference. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) You're fine.
4: Characters in the show. So. Oh
2: God, I hate that show. All right, well, I'll take it. I'll take it as a compliment. I I will take it as an ignorant compliment. Wait, wait, but is she the one
1: hot one in the show, though? No.
4: She's the one with the short hair who's moving. Uh, Ah,
1: she's she's the not hot one. Got
0: it. Right. She's not the one who was Mal's wife in Firefly.
1: Oh my God! That. That woman could do whatever she wants to me.
4: <laughs> Although oh. She's the owner of the whole company right
1: now. Exactly. Yeah, I'm just in a different place right now, I guess. I
0: can't so, imagine why you would be. You're
3: back.
1: <laughs> not, sorry. I feel mm.
3: like all of us are in different places. We, we all, all went to our
1: separate corners. Now we we're coming. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm back. We're, bring, we're bringing it back in. I'm sorry about that. We're bringing that. it back in.
3: Focus everybody.
0: I'm really sorry about
1: that. <laughs> technical <laughs> so, uh, difficulties. Exactly. You know, Dom Dom went narcoleptic for a minute there and
0: I, I wouldn't know, it's like 5 minutes, but that's okay. I'm back. So, let's talk a little bit about Boston and you know, why you're why you're doing Boston Comic-Con this year.
2: Um because I have a lot of friends up in Boston <laughs> that complain <laughs> that I never come to see them. And I never have a reason to go up to see them. So, (laughs) no. um, I had a really great time at at Boston Comic Con last year, and it's—I figure why not? It's—it's a great city. I love Boston; it's a great city. It's a great crowd. Why not? Damn right.
0: Last year was one of the oddest conventions we've ever had. Yes, everything that went on, and and I think it made the event so much stronger than it would have been otherwise. And just building on it for this year is going to be amazing.
2: I'm really yes. looking forward to it. Yes, the and first time is three days. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm.
5: it's exciting. And it's and it's second year in in the this venue. So and yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that last year because of what it just it it the convention just rose to another level, rose to the occasion and and just was a bigger success than than ever. Um, I want to mention that uh, at Boston Comic Con that Saturday at 1 p.m. I'm part of a queer comics panel with Amber Love and I
3: love
5: Tana Amber. Ford. Yes, I love Amber. Um, and so she's coming in for that and Tana Ford and Joey Stern and it's 1pm on Saturday a Queer Comics panel, I'm excited about that very cool
0: that sounds like a lot of fun that sounds like a great, great time and uh, I can't thank you for both of you for joining us today well, well, we do
1: have a couple more minutes. We we could talk about these these couple of issues if you guys That's wanted exactly to. That's
0: exactly where I was going.
1: Well, now you can say it.
0: But now, the news.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Made a solemn oath when I started operating a soundboard that I would only do it when it was right and or proper. Ah.
0: <laughs> Nobody buys
1: that line of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it with a straight face. <laughs> <So we> had, <sighs>
2: the
1: we the did have a couple of, giggling. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: So we did have a couple of things we wanted to talk about this week, uh, and, and I guess Jeff is not going to make it on tonight. Uh, His Jeff loss!
1: Is, we'll have him on again, though.
0: We will. Because we, who doesn't want to talk about the Kosher Guide to Imaginary Animals?
1: I don't Those know. We we'll see, inquiring want. minds want to know
0: everyone absolutely so we're going to have him on in a future podcast but unfortunately it won't be in the next couple of weeks because
1: because everyone's going to be watching Constantine Ah, no just kidding no because after next week I will be in Japan for a week and then I will probably be dead the week after that but
0: which is the week of Boston (laughs)
1: yeah yeah so so that'll be interesting. I'm going to be, like, zombie, zombie Kriana. It'll be a new thing. Um, but Well, have a safe flight. And have a good time. Thank you. I, you know, I didn't realize that they actually do non-stops from Logan all the way to Tokyo now. Wow. Is that mind-blowing or what? Like, well, just the sheer distance.
2: The that's wow. a that trip. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty long flight.
1: It, it,
0: yes. No, it was a lot longer when I did it, Kriana. Okay. When I it, it did it, have... it was
2: 22
3: hours.
0: Yeah, but did you what, what, have layovers? was all one flight. One, one
3: layover in Anchorage. Ah. And you got to go to Alaska. What are you complaining about? Though? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, God. I know. Wow, beautiful I vistas. Wow.
3: You to tell us <laughs> about Constantine?
1: Okay, so... Constantine was a really shitty movie, and apparently a really awesome comic book.
3: But it had Tilda Swinton in it, so we
1: can't... Yeah, which she was not that great in it. But But that's neither here nor there. Always flawless. That's neither here nor there. But I had no idea that that movie was actually based on a comic book. Mm -hmm. Actually, I didn't think much past that movie, except for, wow, Keanu Reeves really sucks. And now, funnily, I think holy shit, Keanu Reeves sucks so much more than I thought. Yeah. Um, so, NBC has ordered for the fall, uh, a series called Constantine, which is about John, John Constantine, Constantine, Hellblazer. it's
4: supposed to be Constantine. I hate to be that critic, but in the comics he does say specifically it's Constantine.
1: Yep. And, um, so so i was like okay i i had looked at the show briefly i i actually still didn't know it was based on the comic the pilot has leaked somewhere on the interwebs i'm not going to tell you where if you can find it good for you watch it um and i downloaded it and i thought this is going to be either really cool or really fun terrible uh it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things that's gonna be incredibly faithful to the source material or it's gonna be you know one of those things like salem where they just sort of use all the names from old salem but it's really nothing like what
5: actually happened
1: so you just kind of have to forget all the actual history um and i started watching it and literally like five minutes in i was like what is this and how has it not been in my life before
0: didn't didn't you call me at that point?
1: You Hold didn't on didn't one second. This. Hold on one second.
3: As a reference, while well, she's answering the phone and Oh, I'm gonna answer the phone. Never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you hear somebody in the back going, Hi Angelo's pizza, you know what's going on right now. So Dinner's so
1: at that pizza. point, sorry. Getting back to getting back to cause Constantine. I'm sorry, I'll have to get used to that. Um at this point, I look it up on Wikipedia, and, and I think at the bottom of the Wikipedia about the comic, it says, you know, there's been numerous, you know, uh, s- television and comic and movie series that have taken um, inspiration from this series, like um, Hellboy, like yep. Supernatural.
0: Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, I'm dying here. I can't remember it. But basically, all the things which I love. And I was like, how has this not been in my life before? And then I watched the end of it. Horrible. And it's, no, it was so good. It was so good. I mean, I I haven't read the comics. Now I have them all. I will be reading them shortly. So I, I don't actually know how faithful it was, but I feel like it must be more faithful than Keanu Reeves because he feel like yeah. he actually had emotions. I, I was like, I, like I got a sense for who he actually was. That he was like an interesting person that I would want to know more about. Like instead of Keanu Reeves with his face, you know, his one face. He has, he has, he one has the one it face. Works, it's called it works, Blue it Steel. It's you know, it, um, it never really works. Actually, um,
0: uh, it worked in the Matrix, the first one.
1: For the sec for the for the second half of the movie it worked. For the first half of the movie it looked lame. It didn't work Why for
0: the we other had, two. Like,
5: in
1: line, in the first half, of- they were all questions. John- <laughs> Take the red pill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't anyway, so I I finished this episode. I don't know what particular if it was based on a story of some sort i'm gonna have to figure that out um that was in the comic book but um the actor that they got to play john is fantastic like i can't even describe he is so good and the only reason i don't think they got joss whedon to write this show is i know they didn't get joss whedon to write this show and his humor is a little drier than joss whedon tends to write which i think is perfect, uh, but it's very yeah, it's so. very quippy, and sarcastic, and snarky, and he's all attitude, and apparently that's what makes him an anti-hero, which means that regular heroes are lame, and anti-heroes are much more fun.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay, I, I just didn't realize that being an anti-hero was a thing, like, why it, they're still heroes, they just have bad attitudes, which yeah. is awesome. That's true. So Yeah, I, I so now I have a new obsession and I cannot wait till frickin' October. The end of October I have to wait for. Now it's kind of an apropos time to do it being around Halloween. But God damn it NBC, film it faster.
0: Well they're filming it fine. It's fitting it into their schedule. I mean,
1: if I had if I had to say one bad thing about this whole pilot and I just hope they recast the main character girl because compared to the rest of the cast she's not up for this I, th- I feel like if she were surrounded by other teens she'd be fine but like they've got some serious awesomeness going on there Like, some serious awesomeness.
0: Well, and people have also grown into roles as well, so... And, you
1: know, it's it's weird that the effects... The effects are kind of like what you would see in an actual horror movie, but on TV. So you're not expecting, necessarily, to see that come out of a TV show. Right.
3: You know when you watched the first episode of Walking Dead, and you were like, okay, and I'm ready for cheesy zombies, and then... They were actually really good zombies.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, you mean when yes! you first
3: saw the little girl? Yes. Uh, yes, and you were like really excited about the special effects on Walking Dead. It's mm-hmm. exactly like
1: that. You know how all the demons are in Supernatural are kind of half-assed. This is Sometimes, not like yeah, that. Many times. This is what? not Contact like Wednesday that. <laughs> I look just like a human. Okay. Not. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Supernatural, but. Damn. Yeah.
3: Something called. People who love Supernatural. I have a really good segue, Dom. I'm sorry. Okay, take
0: the segue from me. Go for it.
3: Okay, so speaking of people who love Supernatural, and this thing called Super Who Lock, which is a mashup of Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock for those of you who are not Tumblr users.
0: Oh my god.
3: And for people who are basically Tumblr users and who like to talk about their fandoms on Tumblr and uh, do that kind of stuff. It's time to talk about DashCon, isn't it? It is time to talk about DashCon. Apparently, a while ago, someone said, you know what would be fun is if there was a convention that was Tumblr, but in person. And so they had a crowdfunding...
1: And funnily, they did not shoot this person on site.
3: Yeah, they they listened to this person, (laughs) which is your first thing about Tumblr. Um, So they had a crowdfunding thing, and they told everyone that it was funded, and then they held this convention... And on Friday night, as everyone got there, the organizers said, hey, guys, guess what? So um, we told the hotel that we were going to pay them as people bought tickets. But now they're saying they need $17,000 right now at 10 o'clock at night on a Friday, or they're going to kick us out. And they literally passed a bag for cash.
1: Oh, God.
3: Passed. And the more ridiculous thing here is, is
1: that people put it in there.
3: People put money in there, yes. And people contributed on their website. Like, people who were not at the convention. Which probably is why they donated, because if you were at the convention, you would know things like, they couldn't pay their guests, so all the panels got canceled. They... Um, they, for everyone who paid to go to the Welcome to Night Vale panel, for which people paid extra and then got canceled because they couldn't pay the people from Welcome to Night Vale, they um, said, okay, well, you can't go see Welcome to Night Vale, but you get an extra hour in the ball pit, the ball pit. ...is about the size of a child's waiting pool... <laughs> ...and is inflatable... No, it's, it's literally
1: the size of a child's waiting it pool. It might
3: be a child's waiting pool. And it's full of, like, plastic balls. And it fits maybe, like... six adults if they're all crammed in there. Yikes. And it's in the middle of this empty hall... ...with, like, some tables... And a concrete floor, and it's you if you look up the pictures, it's just the saddest thing. Yeah, so apparently all of Dashcom was the saddest thing. Um, and there still is a lot of debate over whether it was a humongous scam or if it was just that the organizers were so
4: disorganized.
3: Disorganized and so <laughs> inexperienced. Wow. That they just failed on every level.
1: Let's see. <clears throat> Raising a crap ton of money on a very short time period and then disappearing.
0: Yeah, that's I kind the of... First red,
5: the first red flag is that it was in Schaumburg, Illinois.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And what they yeah, expected
5: five to
3: 7,000 people. Which, you know, when you think about San Diego, doesn't yeah, sound right. that big. But, but then in you think Schaumburg, about fact,
0: Illinois, that's a yeah. big deal.
3: <laughs> and the fact that Worldcon, which is like a tier or two down from San Diego, gets three to 4,000
4: people. And wow. it's a big deal
3: kind of con. Wow.
4: And last year, Boston Comic Con had almost 30,000 people. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, but so, I mean... WorldCon is an established, respected con and it right. gets three to four thousand people. And these people expected their first year Tumblr convention in Schomburg, Illinois, to get five to seven thousand people. And they needed that many people to come in order to cover their bills. So That's very
1: good.
0: very quickly now, Dead Redhead. Yo. Your last official act on the show
4: was the That's final kind of funky, but go ahead, don't.
0: It's yes. <laughs> don't start with me, young lady. No
1: creepier than you need to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Our our very last official from uh, an official of Boston Comic Con roundup. What have you got for us this week, darling?
4: Well, what I decided to do is try to look for people who are friends of the show who are going to be there. Who are quite a few. Um, So, and I know we don't like to do lists, but I was just trying to pick out people who, again, friends of the show. Sarah Richard's going to be there. We love Sarah. Tom Snogowski, he's been on. Great author. Works with Chris Golden. He's going to be there. Ben Tebblesmith, who did those amazing pieces for us when we were trying to help raise money for Spider. For the... The... For his medical expenses. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, Norman Lee, who has been on the show before and is a big fan of of all of us when we're down there. Not to mention our folks, again, I'm going to put out Jeremy Bastian because, folks, if you've never seen his work, Dome and I can definitely attest. It's phenomenal. Go see it. Give the man some money because he
0: deserves it. Just shut up and take my money.
4: That's right. Exactly. Uh, one of the My Little Ponies artists is going to be there for those of you who are into that kind of thing. Uh, Tim Bradstreet, mm-hmm. who, if you've ever done any kind of uh, role playing, if you've owned a White Wolf rule book, you own pieces of Tim Bradstreet art, and that's there. Uh, Tim Tim Seely, who did Hack and Slash, who, which was an extremely fun uh, horror comic, um, he's going to be there. Um, And again, from tying into folks we were talking about earlier, Dan Parent, one of the creators of Archie, and the person who created Kevin Keller, the character who's kind of wrapping this whole thing up, is going to be there at Boston Comic Con and would probably be more than happy to sign those issues if you bring them up about the last of Archie. So there you go. Some pretty make stuff before they kill him off, that's right good riddance,
1: that guy was a square (laughs) I don't know
0: you have no idea I want to take just a moment to say goodbye to someone who's been with us for quite a long time Dead Redhead is leaving the show after tonight to become a doctor not a medical doctor, but she'll be able to play one on TV when she's done.
1: Unless Enjoying. you want her to be, in which case, I think she might oblige. I know, I know. But that's
0: a whole other thing. <laughs> it's just side.
1: from personal experience. <laughs> I mean, her husband,
0: She and her husband, Illustrator X, have been a part of this show since the very beginning on Clear Channel. And we're going to miss them both very much. And I just want to take a minute to thank you. And Illustrator X for everything that you've done for us for all these years. It's been uh, a seven or eight year relationship, and I'm going to miss you guys both very much.
4: Well, we have loved our time. X is here, even though he's been quiet. Say something, X. For goodness' sake.
0: I love you, Dome. Aww. Thank you, Sugar Pants.
1: <laughs> wow! Not
4: so if- to get Marlon your address. <laughs>
1: I was gonna say that this calls for the creepy children laughing sound.
0: Pretty much.
2: Mhm. Like the children of the corn laughing. I think so. Yeah.
0: Mhm. So, guys. I want to thank you very much for all that you've done For all the years that you've worked with us And uh, you're going to stay in touch And you're, you're always part of the family here For the very last time Dead Redhead Let's do an ending here So, Kriana
2: Alright
1: <clears throat> I've actually got it up this week So, next week We're <laughs> talking with Brandon Barrows um, He does some sort of art From what I gather
4: <laughs>
1: that's just all i know i'm looking at the thing i got nothing um the next week on august 2nd i'll be in japan bitches so i will drink to probably not the show but if i think of it which i probably won't because i probably won't remember um on august 9th we have a live report from our very own foreign welsh correspondent On the start of the Doctor Who world freaking tour. So that's fun.
5: Oh, yes.
1: And on August 23rd, we're having Ron Garner back to tell us about um, three new books that he has got coming out from Silence in the Library called Cloak, the Cauldron, and the Tethering. Dead Redhead.
4: Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granicon, PopCultureExpo.com, Rhode Island Comic Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on com. And our intro music, as always, is by Rob Watts. Find his work on RobWattsOnline.com. Beloved Dome.
0: I want to thank our guests who joined us tonight uh, from Marvel Comics and M3, Erica Schultz and uh, Jeannie Woods, who's the author of Flutter. Thank you so much, ladies. I want to thank our, our our cast tonight. It's rare that we have a full cast, and we're not going to have one again for a while. From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and our Grammar Girl, Zombrian. thank you so much, ladies.
1: I'll just be in a silent reading room uh, catching up on Hellblazer.
2: Only three hundred issues to go. You should be catching up on Constantine. Or...
1: <laughs> and yeah. learning how to pronounce it.
2: Man.
0: From the Four Color Vault of Comics. Thank you so much, Dead Redhead and Illustrator X. We're gonna miss you guys.
4: Absolutely. And and wait till you get this to the stuff where uh, who was at the start writing Constantine? That was so, Oh Glenn right. Fabry. No, 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 he was doing the art. Garthenis. Garthenis, when Garthenis starts writing. Oh my god. I, I even it. I even
1: forgive the series for having Neil Gaiman write some of it. That's <laughs> how much I think I'm gonna like this. <laughs>
4: yeah. I
1: for, I forgive it already. Well, is, I
2: pre-forgive this is,
0: it. This is Dome saying Genie shared pain is lesson, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.
2: Good night, thank you so much.